Are you ready to tell me everything? <laughs> Did he watch your Instagram story? He was the first to watch it, girl. Ghost him. Stop. Block him. <laughs> Support for Tell Me Everything with Lands is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in grooming and hygiene. Ladies, the festive season is here. Christmas is around the corner. And I bet you're looking, what am I going to buy my man? What is there to buy him? Ladies, look no further. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you and your man's grooming needs. For anyone out there who has come across that hairy bush, you are in luck. Manscaped just launched in the UAE with their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Manscaped, guys, I'm getting you 20% off and free shipping. So use code LANDS, L-A-N-Z, 20 for 20% off your next order for the festive season plus free shipping. And honestly, thank me later. I always got you guys. Visit Manscaped at manscaped.com and I will put it in the show notes. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to Tell Me Everything with Lance, episode 26. Guys, we're going to get nice and heavy today. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy with a little bit of fun, I promise. Now, we all know this is going to be a therapeutic session as well. We have all, I think, no matter what culture you've been in, have felt the pressures of your parents, Arab or not. Social expectations, the norm. Have you ever even felt disapproval about the person you're dating? Well, we're getting all into it. Today, I am bringing on my good friend, Grace Talley, to discuss and tackle these issues. So, Grace, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be here, finally. <laughs> She's finally having her debut on Tell Me finally, Everything with Plans. She always tells me. Yeah, yeah. She's like, why have I never been on the show? I'm like, girl, come on the show. Like, I'm not going to oppose it. Of course, come into the show. Um, so, let's get into it. So, Grace, for, follow- for followers, for the listeners who don't know who you are, um, mm-hmm. could you just kind of explain where you came from, how you ended up in Dubai. I know you're also a third culture kid, but what your background is and kind of how you ended up coming back and living in Dubai. I love this question. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so where do I start? So I'm originally Lebanese Syrian. My dad's Lebanese. My mom's Syrian. I was born in Canada in Montreal, but I lived there for a total of two weeks. Nice. Moved to Abu Dhabi, spent my first 10 years in Abu Dhabi and then moved to Dubai where I completed high school and then went on in the world. I did my university in Lebanon, London, and Canada. And after four years in Canada, in Montreal, um, I came to Dubai actually at first, just for like a three weeks break for Mm -hmm. Easter. And I ended up landing a good job and just being stuck here, right? And I never ended up going back to the extent I even made my friend pack up my house in Canada (laughs) and make sure everything was supervised before my mom went. (laughs) Okay, so um, I mean, so you're a third culture kid, you know, like you're from some place, you grew up somewhere else, you live somewhere else, and now you're back here. So you are literally the definition of it. Because literally. for me, I, when I came, went from 18 years of living in Dubai and then went to the States, I was like traumatized. But, well, also I went to Texas, you went to Montreal, so completely <laughs> yeah. different situations. But I like couldn't feel at peace with anyone. I couldn't feel at home with anyone. I constantly felt like an outsider. Did you have that experience being, did you feel like you came from a place with like 400 different cultures and then went to a place with like a select few or because you did go to a more of an international city than I did, did you not like feel that way at all? Um, Actually, no, I did not feel that way. When I went to Canada, I actually went with um, a mentality where I was in a completely sheltered circle 
covered bubble, which is Dubai. And everyone knows this. Everyone who lives in Dubai knows what the bubble of Dubai is. Um, moving to Canada was a complete shocker for me. Yeah. In the sense that maybe there weren't the 400 different cultures, but there was just a complete different approach and a way of thinking. Mm. And just this Western way of life, right, compared to Dubai. So I think, and as I think, I mean, in a nutshell, Canada opened my mind versus Dubai. And it exposed me to different cultures in the sense where you were more accepting versus Dubai, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it yeah. does. It does. I think, I mean, I relate to that a lot as well. Um, also, let's talk about like social classes. Mm. I mean, there were yes. people in my classes who were working three jobs just to pay the, just to pay for themselves through college. I mean, I we didn't grow up like that. No. You know, let's be honest. We didn't grow up like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that like, so I grew I when I went there, I wasn't aware of people working three, four different jobs just to pay for university. Did you feel like a sort of privilege, I guess, being someone who didn't have to go through that? Or how do you feel you went? Like, how did you approach it, I guess, when you were making friends with people that had different classes yeah. from you? I mean, let's just take a step back. When you're in Dubai, honestly, at least from our, like with our friend circles, you're classified yeah. into two different types. Either you're middle class or upper class. There's yeah. no such thing. At, I mean, at least growing up, you weren't really exposed to sheltered. the... Sheltered. We were sheltered. Yeah, we were completely sheltered. And then you moved to Canada where everyone is coming from every type of background. And by background, like you said, like social status, everything. People were in my class. They were working three jobs. People were living on the other side of Montreal. People were even living on the outskirts because they couldn't live in downtown. Yeah. Whereas I, coming from Dubai, and honestly, I say this now, like... I'm not super proud of it, but coming from Dubai, I was living in the best building, in the best area, in the best place in yeah. downtown. And everyone's looking at us and they're like, oh, the princess of Dubai. And, Always, and it was, was low-key insulting, right? Yeah. And it was kind of eye-opening because I never thought of myself that way. I actually thought I was super humble, but yeah. Canada humbled me, really. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like, so let's kind of take a step back. Because, I mean, you are an, an Arab woman. Yeah. Do you feel like... I'd say it like Yeah, I love it. Do you feel like there are expectations mm. of us? Because I feel like... like We can go into like the weight and the hair in a bit later. But just in a general scope of things, do you feel like there are expectations of us that maybe are different for people from different nationalities? 100%. And if I just look into my own family... The way it was, I mean, set up, let's say. My mom was a housewife. My yeah. dad was the breadwinner of the yeah. family. Um, it was always expected, you know, Grace, uh, clean your room. Grace, put the dishes away. Like, these kinds of things. And yes, I'm and not... And your brother is not? Not as much. Not as much. Maybe now, if we look at it right now, maybe it's a bit different. Yeah. But back then, I'm saying like 10 years ago, yeah. 15 years ago. No, it wasn't the same. It was always like, Grace, what will people think of you? Yeah. All of this. And honestly... This is the most thing that I hate of our society where we're always looking at what are others going to think? What are they going to think of what you're doing right now? It's like, who cares? Nobody cares. Whereas when you go, I don't know, I'm, I'm just giving Canada the example because I live there. But when you go there and you see everyone kind of being on the same pedestal, right? Yeah. It's not because you're a woman, then you should take a step back. No, if anything, women are like encouraged to go out and do stuff and just be whatever they want to be and Honestly, if you have not been to Montreal, you need to go there and just see how different life is versus here. Where everyone's just walking down the streets doing their own thing. But I think I actually would disagree in this fact that if you're an Arab growing up in... Like I had a girl yeah. last week on from Dearborn, okay. Michigan, which is like Lebanon of 
America. <laughs> okay. It's literally Lebanon. They have like Arabic signs down the street and stuff. And she says that like, even though she's an American, you know, first, because that's where she yeah. grew up and stuff, she's still, still, she's, so what I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, I think no matter where you grow up and no matter where you live, those expectations are going to follow you. Yes. And do you think there was a time maybe in high school or middle school where you felt like there's a different expectation than me than someone else? Or was it really when you went to Canada and you saw kind of a different way of living that you're like, there's a different yeah. expectation of me. Also not living at home yeah, has yeah. a big part of 100%. it. Yeah. Um, but it also goes back to like, we were sheltered living in Dubai. Like even the group of friends that I had, I mean, our parents were kind of on top of it all. Yeah. So, I mean, when you tell me it was selected, the, it was, way. it was kind of right. I mean, it's so sad to yeah, say that, yeah, but yeah. it was, um, and when I was in Dubai, at least in my school, we were mostly Arab. So yeah. I never was exposed to a lot of Western people. And the Western people that I was exposed to, it was like, no, Grace, they're different. They're not like us. Yeah. There was always this, they're not like us. And I'm like, what are we? So yeah, to, to your point, yes. I always did feel like as an Arab, we were like set on a pedestal and we were expected to like live and act and be a certain way versus anybody else yeah whether i was in dubai whether i was in canada and even in canada for the most part like the first i want to say three years i was there i was still like what am i gonna do what what should i like how should i act all of these things when was there a time like for me for example i think in high school um when the whole weight you know like yeah. a lot of weight, whatever, especially in college, actually. Was there a time when you felt like, oh, shit, there's, like, different expectations of me because of Ada? Yes. By the way, yes. When, when, when was that moment? Was there, a, where was there, was there mm-hmm. an actual moment or was it a series of events that made you believe or led you to come up with, like, not come up with, like, but mm. believe that there are expectations? Um, that, I mean, to answer your question, I'd have to, like, go back to the very beginning. And honestly, I mean... For all who doesn't, for everyone who does not know, I'm a tennis player, right? Mm-hmm. So I grew up and I used to play professional tennis. And if you ask me what was the reason why you entered tennis, which is hilarious, was my mom was like, you were like too fat as a child. So I was a 10-year-old girl or a 9-year-old girl and I was deemed too fat. So they started like investing a lot of time in sports and putting me in everything possible, everything. And I cannot stress this enough. So I went to high school and I remember when I, end, when I graduated from high school, um, even to get my belly piercing my mom was like no you need to first lose four kgs and in a month I just lost four kgs to get this piercing and then when I entered university it was just like bam the world is my uh, I don't know my playground I was just eating left right and center and every time I used to come back she'd be like mom but how would anybody want you you're still young you're a young girl like how will the the guys want you in the sense and I'm like what do you mean so Yes, I, I, I do. I don't know if it's just Arabs. I don't know if it's just our mothers. But I did feel a lot of pressure that I have to always look my best. Otherwise, I'm my chances of getting married, of being with somebody are super limited. That's exactly how I was. Yeah. I mean, I was o- the only reason why I went into dance was because at 10 years yeah. old or eight years old, I think it was for me, was I needed to go to dance class to like move my body and get and, and, and lose weight. Yeah. And I mean... It's unhealthy, of course. And now that we're older, I do think it still haunts both of us. Of, of, because we're just right now, before we even start recording, we're like, I'm telling her about how I was, we're doing lymphatic drainage together and we're like doing this shit to our thighs and it's painful. But like, we feel like we have to get rid of our cellulite because then this is the thing, no one wants us. But now that I'm engaged, I still, there's a new set 
of expectations that come with it. You think like, okay, it was all to lose weight for the guy, for the guy, to get married, to find someone, blah, 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 blah. Now that I'm actually in that situation, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop, Grace. No. It just, it doesn't stop. I'm still working. Now it's like to fit into the wedding dress. Oh my now God. it's like to fit into the engagement dress. Now engagement now is three weeks away. Like I have to be fit and I have to lose weight. And I now got personal change. So I think the expectations are always going to be there, but it's our job. We're going to discuss this today of how to kind of, you know, and if a lot of women are kind of feeling this way is kind of how to break it down for yourself and zone out the, mm-hmm. the information. Let's talk about hair because I think we both have curly hair. My favorite topic. A lot of adult women have curly hair. We yes. have frizzy, curly, unruly, whatever it's called, hair. Yeah, coily. And, coily. And to look maratab is to make it straight. A hundred percent. My kids are telling me every single day, you look better, you look more sophisticated, you look skinnier when it's straight. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool, but that's not my natural hair. And sometimes I'll even like get pissed off at my fiance when he says like, I really like your hair straight. I'm like, well, that's not my, that's not my natural hair. Yeah. So that means you don't like my natural yeah. top. You know what yeah. I mean? So how did you like navigate hair in high school? I mean, you said you grew up with a lot of Arab people, girls, I'm assuming. Yeah. And women. And I know her, I know we're, we have the same friends now um, of her group in high school. So I mean, I see that their hair, they're mostly straight And you know that their hair are mostly straight. Exactly, and I'm telling you, and so I know most of their hair is straight. Honestly, when I came in the group, I think I was the only curly-haired girl that, like, was with you in this. So how did you feel like when you were growing up of, like, the hair expectation, and how did it evolve? How did it evolve? I hated my hair growing up, honestly. Like, I remember my mom used to, like, pull it back into a ponytail, and I used to have the frizz, and then she used to put the gel, and it was just, I looked... Oh, God, don't even get me started on the fucking gel. (laughs) I just looked absolutely ridiculous, and even when we used to straighten it back then, and again, I'm talking again, like, maybe 17 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always just... Puffy. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. It just never looked It good. was like a sleek, like, blow dry. No, yeah. no. And it was like, exactly like you said. I mean, straight hair is mratab. Straight hair looks good. Straight hair makes you look thinner and prettier. And I'm just like, shit. It's sophisticated it's, and whatever. And then I remember when I was 16, I did a I did a treatment for my hair. I did... A, Brazilian blowout. I did keratin, a keratin. keratin yeah. Oh, my God. And it ruined my hair. Let me tell you. I had long, thick hair at that time, right? Long, like, under my boobs, like really long hair and I remember when I did keratin I don't know the treatment I did it in Syria and at the time it was still new and still developing and they burnt my hair and then I had to spend the next four years with like little baby hairs sticking out left right and center you know exactly what I mean because I did it too I yeah. did a Brazilian blowout in college and it, it was destroyed so my horrible. hair it was horrible and I just had to straighten it every day day in day out day in day out and I think I, w- I stayed that way by the until I was 25, 26, which wow. is like just a year and a half, yeah. two years ago. You know that. Yeah. You've been my friend long yeah. enough. You've seen me like 24-7. I would never go out with curly hair. It's just I didn't know how to like do it. Do I it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what um, products to use. Nothing. Um, I mean, yeah. That, <laughs> so <laughs> straight. But, okay. But, but I guess the question is then yeah. what happened two years ago to now? Yeah. How did you learn to love your curls? How were you like, this is because I mean... Now, yeah, yeah. You know, now you're living alone. Yeah. So I guess you didn't have your parents or your mother's ear kind of being like, uh, your mother in your ear kind of saying like, straighten your hair, straighten yeah. your hair. So how did you kind of like evolve from that stage, I guess? Yeah. And that expectation. Um, to be to be completely honest, I started having more friends who had curly hair. That was one, right? Okay. Um, that's true, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally. So I'm like thinking about like, that's actually true. That's what happened. And then when, even when the pandemic started, like when COVID started, when I was stuck at home, there was no reason for me to straighten my hair, right? I was sitting at home, yeah. minding my own business. So my hair just stayed natural the whole time. And then when we got back to the office, again, this is 
this is what I think happened. When we got back to the office, our office went through a change and we started bringing people from different countries and we became the headquarters in Dubai. And as such, there were mil- like thousands of different types of people in the office with different types of hair. And I started being close to different people, right? And they had curly hair. And they made me... I mean, understand that it's not just straightening it. It's not just like getting out of the shower and leaving your hair curly. There are, there's treatments to go through, right? You should put the right products in your hair. You should brush it the right way. Brush it the right way. Use the right filter in the shower. Use the right everything. And I think since then, it's been a journey, right? It's still not 100% there. I still go through phases where I try out different products and I end up looking a bit like a witch. But it, it all went, it all came down to the fact that Yes, first of all, living alone, I didn't have that constant pressure of like, no, you need to straighten it. And you know what? This is so fun. I just remembered. Even while I was living at home alone and I'd FaceTime or both to my parents, my mom's in Canada and I love her, bless her. And she'd be like, Grace, straighten your hair. I'm like, mom, you're like thousands of miles away. Like, what are you saying? Straighten your hair. Like, oh my God, it's like a phobia I have right now. I hate it. I have like this reflex of like shouting at someone. Don't tell me to straighten my hair. So yeah, it it was a mixture of living alone, surrounding myself with like different type of people which had different types of hair, not necessarily just the wavy, natural, straight hair. And trying out different products. And honestly, you can see, I mean, a movement happening at least sur- around us, right? You see more people embracing their natural selves, their natural curls, their natural bodies. You see all these campaigns going on and it really does affect, right? It, it does, does, it does. I mean, now I'm all about body positivity and understanding what that is. And I had Curls Fusion on here on the podcast. And we were discussing also the hair and how there's like a curly hair journey like evolving here now. You know, it's it's she brought all these products from the U.S. and the U.K. It's kind of interesting that Adams haven't really like jumped on that. I don't know because we're all about straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're all about straight. But like even now for like my engagement party. I'm straightening my hair. (laughs) (laughs) I probably am as well. Men are such hypocrites. I'm straightening my hair because that's, but it's just an interesting thing. Like how do we evolve as women from like even curls fusion she was like you're gonna leave your hair curly for your wedding right i was like hell no I'm somebody not my- asked me that like, hell no i'm leaving my hair curly for the wedding are you crazy she's like why she's like why wouldn't you that's your natural state and i'm like i'm not comfortable enough and this is a real reason okay i am not comfortable enough to have it curly and have it look and you know because with curly hair it is a thing that's like is it going to look good one day? Is it not going to look good day? People are going to talk. My grandparents are going to talk. My grandmother's going to oh talk. My, my aunt's going to talk about how my hair was curly on that day. So I know. I'd rather release the stress of myself and just make it straight and khalas, have it like that. It's so ridiculous. It's if, ridiculous. Don't you notice that when you walk down the street and people see your curly hair, they're like, wow, your hair is so nice. Like, I, I, I know. just don't understand. I know. Let's go to back to body image Tell because me. I think, I mean, I suffer from PCOS, right? And yeah. I know that my body can't look a certain way anymore because of this. And... That's something my mom cannot understand. <laughs> Simply. <laughs> she just she can't know. understand it. She doesn't understand how that happens. Yeah. Let's talk about the comp because I went back when I went to college, mm-hmm. I came back 35, 25 pounds heavier. I was a monster. And my mom was like, What happened to you? Look how you look now. Why is your weight like this? We need to show me to commit all these doctors to understand why I'm fat and why I got fat and I don't know what. And I was like, at that point, I actually was happy yeah. with the way I looked. I was actually okay with it. I know. But it was like, I was like taught to not be okay with it. Like, why am I, why, why should I be okay with it? And I don't mean you suffer from this both because we <laughs> both get the backlash of, and I think a lot of people around us do have, are very blessed to have the genetics or whatever yeah. it is. And that's good for them. But what about this 
it sounds weird to say minority, but what about the small select people or select people that maybe we don't surround ourselves with that have the struggle of body weight image issues. And then we have the added pressure from our parents and our moms kind of, how are you going through that journey right now? How has it been for you and what have you learned? Mm. Okay, so my body type is the type that I gain weight easily, I lose weight easily. Yeah. I do have as well PCOS, but it's not as severe. It's mild. But I think I'm seeing the effects of it now more than ever, but that's fine. Um, I, I wanted to touch on something you said. My mom just came back from Canada to visit to me yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Before that, I know I've gained weight, right? I see myself in the mirror. I know I've gained my gained weight versus this time last year. But for some reason, for the last couple of months, I've been super happy. I've been wearing my clothes, going out, going to the beach, feeling good about myself. Since my mom's been back, you best believe that I'm struggling with my closet. I feel I have nothing to wear. I wake up in the morning and I'm just like staring at myself and I'm like, why am I this negative? Because I'm not like, I don't like being this negative. I'm not going to lie and tell you I'm such a positive person with body, but I try my best. How do I deal with it? Listen, I and I strongly believe this, and I'm not just saying it just for the sake of saying it. Working out is key. Everyone must work out in the sense that you must keep on moving to maintain a healthy body. And feel good. And feel good, because that's all it is, right? You're releasing endorphins. You're just feeling good. Eating, you need to have a healthy relationship with food. The moment you have an unhealthy relationship with food, no matter what, even if you're skinny, you're going to hate yourself because you're going to feel like shit, right? And the way to have a healthy relationship with food is also like, it affects when your mom is screaming at you 24-7, telling you you can't eat this. You now, she just want to go like, ah, I'm just going to, literally, yeah. like even last night, I wanted to have cereals, I wanted to have chocolate. And I was like, what do you mean? Don't you, like, aren't you like trying your best to lose weight? Do you know that Christmas is coming around the corner? You have the engagement. And I'm like, mom, like, خلاص, like I had a bad day. I just want to eat something. Like, let me be. I'm not going to eat as much tomorrow. And I'm going to like live, right? You're going to move. Um, so the way I deal with it is really, and what I'm trying to do, is just maintain a kind of healthy relationship with food. Don't start seeing food as a necessity and like killing yourself over like every single calorie that you take. And I've told you this multiple times, eat, but just maintain also like workout regularly, have fun and kind of ignore what your parents are saying really because it's unfair. And my mom compares her body to mine. Yeah. My mom is skinnier than me. My mom is petite. Oh, exactly. They're petite. I'm not petite, by the way. Like I'm big boned and I know it. And I've played sports my whole life. I'm heavy. Like even right now, if I tell you my weight, it's ridiculous. I am heavy. It's fine. And my mom goes like, oh, like this is how much you weigh. And I'm like, don't, don't, don't come no, at me. Don't define you. Literally. So I don't know. Like I said, healthy relationship with food and like regular workouts. That's just the key. And you look the way you look. And then just look at yourself. And this unrealistic body image is not real. Some girls, yes, they're born with this beautiful genetics and good for them. But not all of us are, right? There are also real women which have just real bodies. I, let's go into dating because I think this also plays a huge part into dating and who our parents want us to date. <laughs> and it even is funny because say your mom really wants you to date an Arab person. I did that in college and I dated an Arab guy and he had a very, <laughs> very religious family. And obviously me was my first boyfriend, first time of falling in love, whatever. Um, they almost 
like wanted to die because they were like, this guy's no way you can't be with him. Da, da, da. Of course they wanted me to be with him more. Yeah. So obviously, obviously. <laughs> so have you felt in situations, the guys that you've dated in the past of your parents being like that, he's not in the same culture of you that this is not what we expect of you that like, I mean, I know it has, but for the yeah. listeners who don't know yeah. and how have you dealt with that? Like, have you had to hide it away from your parents? Have you had to, you know, like how have you dealt with that? So I started my dating life, uh, super honestly, at 17 years old. And I dated the typical textbook person, a Lebanese Christian man, which is from the same culture, same religion, yeah. everything, yeah. same background, went to high school with me, was from Dubai. And I'm going to like honestly say it was a toxic relationship. And it's not in any way reflecting on the type, on the fact that he's Lebanese or yeah. he's this. But I'm just saying from that experience, it started making me think that, no, you're wrong. Not because... They're from the same culture, same background, same everything. It means they're perfect. There are also like just people who are not right for you, irrespective of where they're from. And since then, again, this is like, <laughs> we're being super transparent here. I've been dating different types of people from different places. And I try my best not to really think too much. Oh, where are you from? Because that's, I mean, how, how like... We live in today's world in 2021. Imagine that this is how you're approaching the world when you're living in a country where there's hundreds of different types of people. Like you cannot limit yourself to that. My parents have in the past multiple times told me that, who are you dating? Why are you dating this person? I remember even just recently I was dating <laughs> an Italian person, right? And it was a great relationship and he was a great guy. Um, but it was always like, but he's not Arab, but he's not from us. We don't know who his grandparents are. We don't know anything about him. And I'm like, but why do we need that? I've had in my family, I've had, I've seen like firsthand relationships where it's Arab, Arab, know everything about their like history and everything. And it ended so badly. I don't even want to say it on this podcast. So why are you like limiting me to just one type of person? Why does like a culture or religion define if they're a good person or not? That's ridiculous. I'm I'm super against, and if anyone who knows me, they know I'm super against this. I'm all about learning from different cultures and meeting new people and like expanding your like, your knowledge and like opening your eyes more. I do not, I, I mean, listen, it's not that I'm saying I will never be with an Arab and that's it. I'm putting an X on them. No, but I am saying that the background shouldn't like define who you should be with right the culture the like uh, ethnicity all of this it should not define who you should be with you should be with but there's also the other part of it i think because i do know someone yeah. um who kind of her parents were like wanted her the wanted her to date the textbook arab same religion muslim guy and she kind of went the other way completely dating a christian completely different national nationality and ethnicity okay and some people could argue that that is her going against what her parents yeah. believe, you know, as a as a way to like revolt against them yeah, or like yeah. be rebellious. Yeah. So I think there's also I think there's an, a thin line between what that is and that you genuinely believe that a person doesn't have to reflect of where they're from and their nationality doesn't have to reflect, you know, if they're a bad person or no. not. It's just where they're from. I think there's a thin line though when it comes to that, especially when we grow up in out of households like we do. Yeah. I think it comes down to what do you want, right? I'm not, again, I'm not going out there and being like, 
No, he's Arab X. Let's move on. This one is uh, Muslim X. Let's move on. That's uh, or whatever it is. I'm yeah. not going about it like that. I'm more going about it is like, what do I like? I like dancing. Let's say. Yeah. I want to be with someone who dances. I like music. I want to be with someone who's into music. I like creative people. I, do you know what I mean? This yeah. is the types of things that I like. And if it so happens that the next person that walks my way is from wherever they're from and from whatever background, but they fit into what I'm looking for in a guy then so be it. So it's not really a, like about rebelling. Maybe my parents will see it as rebelling and I'm 100% sure that forever they will. Yeah. But I mean, it's my life, right? At the end of the day, I'm the one that's going to wake up with myself every morning, not them. What do you say to Arab women trying to please their parents too much? And do you feel like you were ever a pleaser of yours? Or was it easy for you to kind of break away from their expectations, let's say? <laughs> um... Listen, it's not wrong to please your parents, right? At the end of the day, like we owe a lot to our parents yeah. and we love them and I know that they want what's best for us. But there comes a very like there comes a point in your life where you just take a step back and you go like, no, it's enough. This is my life. And I think for me, this realization happened really super honestly, like two years ago um, at 25 when my parents like left to Canada sometime around that. And I was just like it's enough like why am I scared why am I scared to be who I want to be why am I scared to go out and just meet different people and just I mean live my life the way I want to live right I'm not harming anyone I'm not harming myself I'm just living right so there comes a point where yani, pleasing them is is harming you right yeah. so you need to define that point and it cannot always be I'm scared and you know what helped me a lot personally again these are just my personal revelations being independent, living alone, making my own money. All of this kind of helps me right now to just stand my ground and be like, I am me and I'm happy and I love you, but you need to love me as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great, it's a great, it's a great way to end it off. Thank yeah. you, Grace. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming on. I'm like, Woo! <laughs> I'm going to go write a book. <laughs> She's going to go write a book. Thank you, Grace, for coming Thank on the show you. today. Guys, follow me, subscribe, tell me everything with Lance. I'm on all podcasting platforms. I was just named top show Woo! of 2021, new show of 2021. Guys, thank you so much for getting me there. It is all because of you. I am the top new show of 2021 in the region. I love you all. And I will see you next week. Bye. I love you. Bye. <laughs>